the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Thank you so very much for joining us as we get started at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday, the 12th morning of the of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Appreciate you being with us for hour number one or hour number four, depending on what your listening habits are. As I just wrapped the Hugh Hewitt show, <clears throat> spent three hours talking to the great listeners of his nationally syndicated program and talking to some fantastic guests from whom... You, um, I normally do not glean information. I don't usually have an opportunity to talk to Molly Hemingway of uh, the Federalist. I don't normally have an opportunity to get information from Tom uh, Tim Murtaugh from the uh, Trump campaign, uh, communications director for Trump 2020. I heard them. I spoke to them, and if you missed it, you need to hear from them. So I'm going to play some of those interviews for you on the program today. They will join. So Molly Hemingway and Tim Murtaugh from the Hewitt Show this morning will join live guests coming up in about uh, a half an hour. We'll talk to Rob Frost, the chairman of the Republican Party of Cuyahoga County, who has an announcement to make about the, and in fact has already made the announcement, but is going to talk to us about the decision about the Lincoln Day dinner that was supposed to be held tonight. We're going to talk to Rob about that and more. And uh, a little bit later in the program, about an hour from now, we're going to talk to, of course, our good friend, Dr. Everett Piper, the uh, best-selling author and the columnist for the Washington Times. You know, there was a column in the Washington Times that I also read. I'm sorry, he's Washington Examiner. Beg pardon. I always get those two mixed up. But there was an uh, article in the Washington Times that I found of great interest uh, that I found yesterday that I shared a little bit with the Hewitt audience this morning by a gentleman named Bill Gertz. Headlined, Virus Hit Wuhan Has Two Laboratories Linked to the Chinese Biowarfare Program. Now that may mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> it may not mean anything. But we do know that the Wuhan virus came from da, 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 Wuhan, China, 
And we do know that Wuhan, China is home to two Chinese biowarfare program uh, laboratories. Are they linked together? Nobody knows. But there's a really interesting question that is being asked here by uh, Bill uh, Gertz in the Washington Times. And we're going to share some of that with you as we go today. So let's uh, dial this in at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. I do want to, uh, uh, I want to hear from you frequently today to find out what your reaction is to what you heard uh, last night from the President of the United States. President Trump made some very, very interesting decisions and some announcements last night. The substance of the speech is an important talking point today. The delivery of the speech is what the left is focusing on today, which is not important. I do understand that it didn't come off authoritatively. I do understand that President Trump did not necessarily speak with the eloquence of some of his predecessors when he addressed the uh, country last night at 9 p.m. I did hear a little bit of shaky to his voice, shakiness to his voice. I did hear a little bit of equivocation from time to time. I kept waiting for him to take a breath because teleprompter Trump is different than off-the-cuff Trump. Teleprompter Trump is different than speaking from the heart Trump. And that's not to say he didn't believe with his heart what he was reading, but it's different. And I understood it. And I'm a very, very ardent Trump supporter. I am a supporter of what he has done for this country in three and a half years and what his uh, outlook is for the next four years. So if I can recognize that the vocal performance wasn't his best ever, you can imagine what the haters are doing. And the haters are trying to hide the substance of the speech. And the substance of the speech I found to be very, very important, very, very accurate, very, very reassuring that the government knows that they really must take care of two things. Number one, the health of the American people to the very best extent that they can. And number two, to the health of the American economy. People's jobs are on the line. People's livelihoods are in play. If the economy comes to a screeching halt because of fears of the coronavirus, which is what the mainstream media has been trying to make happen, in my view and the view of many others, we've got a major problem. So the president last night had to address both of those things. And on the substance of his speech, vocal delivery completely notwithstanding, the substance of his speech, I feel like Donald Trump, did a spectacular job. What the president did last night was exactly what he needed to do, to tell everybody that we are on top of this and we do have a plan to assist not only in the restriction of the spread of the virus, but also to make sure that the economy is propped up, that the economy does have the juice that it needs uh, to continue moving along so that when the virus eventually dissipates, and it will because they all have, SARS, Zika, H1N1, all of them, <clears throat> eventually this will dissipate. And to make sure that the economy has not been damaged too much, that we can indeed continue the great uh, you know, success that we have enjoyed under this president's leadership for the last three and a half years. So those are the two important things that he talked about doing last night. And again, let's focus on the substance, not so much on the delivery. My fellow Americans... Tonight, I want to speak with you about our nation's unprecedented response to the coronavirus outbreak that started in China and is now spreading throughout the world. Today, the World Health Organization officially announced that this is a global pandemic. 
We have been in frequent contact with our allies, and we are marshalling the full power of the federal government and the private sector to protect the American people. This is the most aggressive and comprehensive effort to confront a foreign virus in modern history. I am confident that by counting and continuing to take these tough measures, we will significantly reduce the threat to our citizens, and we will ultimately and expeditiously defeat this virus. From the beginning of time, nations and people have faced unforeseen challenges, including large-scale and very dangerous health threats. This is the way it always was and always will be. It only matters how you respond, and we are responding with great speed and professionalism. Our team is the best anywhere in the world. At the very start of the outbreak, we instituted sweeping travel restrictions on China and put in place the first federally mandated quarantine in over 50 years. We declared a public health emergency and issued the highest level of travel warning on other countries as the virus spread its horrible infection. And taking early, intense action, we have seen dramatically fewer cases of the virus in the United States than are now present in Europe. The European Union failed to take the same precautions and restrict travel from China and other hotspots. As a result, a large number of new clusters in the United States were seeded by travelers from Europe. After consulting with our top government health professionals, I have decided to take several strong but necessary actions to protect the health and well-being of all Americans. To keep new cases from entering our shores, we will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. The new rules will go into effect Friday at midnight. These restrictions will be adjusted subject to conditions on the ground. There will be exemptions for Americans who have undergone appropriate screenings, and these prohibitions will not only apply to the tremendous amount of trade and cargo, but various other things as we get approval. Anything coming from Europe to the United States is what we are discussing. These restrictions will also not apply to the United Kingdom. At the same time, we are monitoring the situation in China and the South Korea. And as their situation improves, we will reevaluate the restrictions and warnings that are currently in place for a possible early opening. My- All right. So <clears throat> you, you can hear it, right? You can hear the, the, the a little breathless at times, uh, short, shortened words, you know, emergency instead of emergency. You can, and the, the left wants you to focus on all of that. The left wanted you to focus on the first minute of what he said when he talked about the fact that this virus was foreign-born, that it was born in China. And, oh, that's xenophobic. That's xenophobic. That's racist. Donald Trump is being racist by talking about the fact that it was born in China. I mean, Jim Acosta could not get on to the air fast enough to condemn and criticize uh, President Trump for using the word China when talking about this worldwide wide pandemic that began in China. Uh, the president referred to the coronavirus as a, quote, foreign virus. 
that, that I think was interesting because, as I was talking to sources earlier this evening, one of the points that the president wanted to make tonight, wanted to get across to Americans, is that this virus did not start here, uh, but that they're dealing with it. Now, why the president would uh, go as far as to describe it as a foreign virus, that is something we'll also be asking mm-hmm. questions about. But it, it should be pointed out that Stephen Miller, uh, who is a, an immigration hardliner who advises the president, is uh, one of his top domestic policy advisors and speechwriters, right. uh, was a driving force in writing this speech. And I think it's going to smack, uh, it's going to come across to a lot of Americans as smacking of uh, xenophobia, uh, to use that kind of term in this speech, Chris. It is not going to come across to any American as xenophobic, unless that American works for CNN. How is it potentially, even marginally, even a tiny bit, xenophobic to point out that this disease which was started and began and originated in some capacity in another country before spreading to the rest of the world how is it xenophobic to point that out that it didn't start here in the united states what does stephen miller have to do with that how is that even remotely a question is it xenophobic to call it the wuhan virus the way i call it or the Chinese virus? I don't know. Was it xenophobic, racist, or, 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 or bigoted to call the Zika virus the Zika virus? Do you know where the Zika virus originated? Of course you do. Because we call it the Zika virus. Zika is a province in Uganda. That's where it was started. Do you remember the Russian flu? Holy anti-Russian uh, rhetoric, Batman. It started in Russia. Do you remember the Asian flu? Ah! You can't put it on a whole continent like that. How about the Hong Kong flu? The do do you follow what's going on here? Do you remember the Spanish flu that worked its way through nineteen what eighteen and nineteen? Do you think that the people of Spain were uh, were, were angry that they were calling it the Spanish flu when it, the it, the idea? That the left wants to take the focus off of the president's bold action to suspend travel from Europe to the United States on not just people, but on European goods to make sure that any cargo is completely um, uh, safe, that it is not contaminated. They want to take the focus off of that and everything else he said that was substantive in, in his speech and focus on A, his delivery, a little breathless, a little nervous sounding, and B, the fact that he called it the a virus that was started in China. Let's you know, they have no interest in either of the two priorities. The left in the media, the left in the in the government, has no interest in A, the health of the American people, nor B, the American economy. They care about one thing and one thing only, destroying the orange man that took power from their queen. That's it. And they will stop at nothing to get that power back. That was evidenced by their response to the president's speech last night. I have so much more to talk to you about, so many people to talk with about it. Dial me up, 216-901-0945, right after this on AM 1420, The Answer.
Onward, 925. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420. The answer is still a lot of uh, ground to cover here. I want to hit a little bit more on the president, and then we're going to talk also about the uh, uh, the NBA and what this is doing to the sports world, and thus with a massive multi-billion dollar impact on the American economy. But first, uh, a little bit more on what the president promised last night. Ill, quarantined, or caring for others due to coronavirus. I will be asking Congress to take legislative action to extend this relief. Because of the economic policies that we have put into place over the last three years, we have the greatest economy anywhere in the world by far. Our banks and financial institutions are fully capitalized and incredibly strong. Our unemployment is at a historic low. This vast economic prosperity gives us flexibility, reserves, and resources to handle any threat that comes our way. This is not a financial crisis. This is just a temporary moment of time that we will overcome together as a nation and as a world. However, to provide extra support for American workers, families, and businesses, tonight I am announcing the following additional actions. I am instructing the Small Business Administration to exercise available authority to provide capital and liquidity to firms affected by the coronavirus. Effective immediately, the SBA will begin providing economic loans in affected states and territories. These low interest loans will help small businesses overcome temporary economic disruptions caused by the virus. To this end, I am asking Congress to increase funding for this program by an additional $50 billion. Using emergency authority, I will be instructing the Treasury Department to defer tax payments without interest or penalties for certain individuals and businesses negatively impacted. This action will provide more than $200 billion of additional liquidity to the economy. Finally, I am calling on Congress to provide Americans with immediate payroll tax relief. Hopefully, they will consider this very strongly. All are very well uh, founded economic principles. Uh, you've got to give uh, uh, the people their money. Let them hold on to their money. <clears throat> Excuse me, if they're going to be struggling as a result of wage decreases or lost jobs or anything else, let them keep some of their money, which they were going to have to pay in taxes by April 15th so they can continue to spend it in the economy and thus re-energize the very economy that had them employed in the first place so that everybody can get back if there are job losses, if there are wage decreases. Uh, then the Small Business Administration guaranteed loans. You just heard it. Help these small businesses be able to keep their doors open while uh, the rest of the world joins us in trying to deal with the effects of this virus. I thought the president substance was was very good it was very spot on the delivery a little bit iffy okay happens but the substance is what we should be focusing on and if the demon rats have any inclination whatsoever to help the american people by way of their health and by way of the economy they will join him rather than demonizing him or criticizing him and calling him a bigot over identifying the wuhan virus as indeed the chinese wuhan virus a uh, couple of quickies here. Andrew in Beachwood. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Andrew. Go ahead. Hey, I just wanted to see if you were familiar. There was an incident in Russia in 1979 that anthrax got out of a Russian biowarfare facility. Russian government covered it up and called it an animal meat uh, contamination. Almost exactly what's happening right now in China. 
That is exactly right. Um, right now, the, the director of the Chinese Center for Disease Control and Prevention, like our CDC, told state-controlled media, and you have to understand this is a communist country that doesn't exactly have a free press, but that initial signs indicated the virus originated from wild animals sold at a seafood market in Wuhan. And the fact that there are two bioweapon labs in Wuhan is just coincidental, I guess. Uh, and, I, and I don't know. I don't know if it was leaked ac- accidentally, if the virus escaped control of the of the laboratory technicians, and then they had to blame it on the, the food, as you're pointing out or not. But yes, what happened yeah, in Russia is exactly, or it's being mirrored essentially by what's going on in China. Yes, Sverd Lov, if you've ever uh, looked it up, it's, uh, it was an accident. I actually met right. somebody who worked at the facility who told me about it. And this could be an accident, or it could be intentional, or it could have nothing to do with the lab, and maybe it was animals. We don't know at this point in time, because, again, we can't operate freely in China. Nobody can operate freely in a, in a, in a communist uh, a nation like that, but it is worth investigating, and, I ask, and thanks for the call. I asked uh, one of my guests on Hugh Hewitt that very question. Nobody is accusing China, but we are asking the question of China. And I think it is a fair question to ask. And what you just pointed out with a little bit of historical context makes it even more fair. 9.30 time for news. AM 1420, The Answer. My fellow Americans, tonight I want to speak with you about our nation's unprecedented response to the coronavirus outbreak that started in China and is now spreading throughout the world. How dare you? How dare you, orange man bad? How dare you recognize the nation of China, the communist nation of China, as being the origin of this terrible virus? Don't you know that this is your responsibility. This was hatched and brewed in a lab in Mar-a-Lago, clearly. This is your fault, and you are trying to blame the Chinese because you're a racist. Sorry if I'm being too blunt, but that is essentially what you have heard from Jim Acosta, from Don Lemon, from Nancy Pelosi, from Joe Biden, from virtually every leftist in government and media, and sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between the two. Do not address it as the the Wuhan virus. Do not address it as being from China. Just accept it and own it, Donald Trump. It's all yours. And if you think I'm kidding, in addition to the New York Times running an article just a week ago saying call it the Trump virus, Brett Stevens, columnist for the New York Times, has written a new one, headlined, This is Trump's Chernobyl. (laughs) And he wonders, and people wonder why. Uh, I, I and others are going out of our way to make sure everybody knows it is the Chinese coronavirus it is the wuhan coronavirus it was not the responsibility of the united states but nice job doing the propaganda work for the communist chinese government leftists all right uh 9:37 let's bring in uh, our good friend rob frost rob is of course the chairman of the republican party of cuyahoga county he is uh he's got some announcements and some discussions to make about the coronavirus and some impacts on uh, uh cuyahoga county events that the party was uh, was uh, planning for hey rob how are you hey good morning bob Good morning Good. to you. Um, before we talk about what's going on with the Republican Party in the uh, in Cuyahoga County, um, your uh, analysis. What did you? Uh, what's your reaction? What's your takeaway from last night's um, announcements? Well, I felt that the uh, president's speech uh, was exactly the right message. I actually was comforted by his delivery. 
yes, he was staying on script. Yes, it was clear he was reading from the teleprompter. That's fine. There was a very precise set of messages that the nation needed to hear, and he delivered those well, and he, I believe, gave assurance. And it was very consistent, as he said, you work with your state and local authorities to keep their guidance. Uh, so it was very consistent with the message at the press conference that Governor DeWine had had earlier in the day uh, with our state health director, uh, Dr. Amy Acton. Uh, very good information out there from our federal and state administrations, and we're all going to be paying attention as uh, further updates come out from them and, and heeding those, I hope, as, as you are helping get the word out. Well, uh, that's, yeah, that's that's why you're here, to talk about heeding yeah. that. Um, obviously, uh, Governor DeWine this week made an announcement declaring, of course, a state of emergency and advising and counseling many state agencies, including state institutions, colleges and universities, uh, to suspend large gatherings, to stop um, uh, face-to-face instruction and interaction, person-to-person interaction, wants to do everything by way of... Uh, of uh, the internet and web uh, uh, lessons, et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, um, they're all following. And so is the OHSAA, the Ohio High School Athletic Association, playing their regional and state championship tournaments right now that are going on in various sports in empty arenas and venues. Uh, it's got a lot of people upset, but um, this is the guidance from the governor, and he is following guidance from the CDC, and as you said, from the federal authorities. And I know that has led to some decisions that you uh, and other leaders have made with respect to party activities. Why don't you tell us about those? Right. We have uh, postponed tonight's Lincoln Day dinner uh, that we were going to have and with, in partnership with WHK, one of our lead sponsors over at the Embassy Suites. And so really, first of all, I want to thank WHK and, and uh, the answer and you, Bob, for helping us get the word out that the event tonight is postponed. Uh, we will be back at it uh, as soon as we're able. Uh, we're already working on scheduling a new date. Uh, the, the main thing is that we want people to understand uh, on Tuesday when we started really having to uh, address this and look at potentially making a what then looked like a tough decision. I will tell you, after the president's address last night and the governor's address earlier in the day, it made it appear that it, it actually was an easy decision, the right decision, and one we needed to follow. We don't want there to be hysteria out there. What we want is for people uh, to remain calm but practice the social distancing and avoid large indoor gatherings. And you could say, well, you know, we're not, we're not an NBA game. We don't have, you know, tens of thousands of people getting together. No, but getting a few hundred people together in close proximity, shaking hands and hugging. Uh, we've got members and guests, uh, young and old alike. Our volunteer of the year last year was a high school student. But we also have many, uh, many older guests. And whether if anyone, uh, old or young, came to our event, or anything like that, and you, you do see a lot of other things being postponed or canceled right now. And then that led to accelerating the community spread that, that we're already experiencing. We would have contributed to the contagion instead of assisting our health authorities in what they know is the best way to contain this and keeping keeping it from becoming what's happening right now in Italy, which which could be very real if we didn't take these measures. Very uh, good and sound points. Um, you mentioned we don't want to give into hysteria. Um, we, we want to practice sound, you know, make sound decisions and practice, you know, good good uh, uh, habits that are that are offered and suggested and recommended by the CDC, et cetera. Uh, how do we find the balance, though, Rob? In your opinion, because. Yeah. 
you know, because that's important. I mean, this this economy, of course, has been spectacular. Uh, I think the uh, the conditions created by the president and his administration and uh, and associates uh, has been terrific. Um, but it relies upon people spending money, going out and doing mm-hmm. what what the American people do: going to work, uh, going to shop, going to spend, going to events, going to venues, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and and the stock market is taking a beating. Uh, we're worried about it uh, entering bear territory. How do we how do we follow those good guidelines like you're talking about, but still get out there enough to make sure that we're not ceasing the way we live? I remember right. President Bush once said, "If we don't go out there and gather in large places, this is after nine eleven, uh, he said mm-hmm. the terrorists win. If they disrupt our way of living, the terrorists win. And it, it's a right. little different, of course, but th- there has to be some similar mindset. If we stop our way of living." The virus wins. Our economy grinds to a halt, and now we all have all kinds of problems that we don't have to deal with. So there's a balance there, isn't there? Right. There is a balance. And the important thing is listen to what the clear indications are from, from our uh, health authorities and the leadership, and then follow that. There were people earlier yesterday who felt that Governor DeWine was, was off message from where the president was. But he wasn't. Even before the president's address, the, the information that he and Vice President Pence were putting out in the 24 48 hours prior were in areas of contagion, do not hold large events. You could say, well, what's large? Uh, well, what we were told is your event is large. Uh, you know, we, we were given very clear guidance there. But I know that there is a, a potential. We know how divisive politics are right now. And to view it that, hey, this is something that could upset this very well-running economy. And this, you know, this idea to kind of amp up the hysteria it's just a Democrat plot to make this president's economy, economic record look worse. And we need to push through this. And with bravado, we need to get out there and do all these things. I would tell you, we actually have the opportunity to depoliticize this. I am not a public health official at all. I'm not going to pretend to be one. I listen to what they say and the direct advice they're giving me or others, people running businesses, organizations, events, or your own household. Pay attention to that. I am a politician. And so I'm going to get political for a moment here. We saw, Bob, you've been talking about some of this, not just today, but before. Mm -hmm. Uh, We saw that when the the CDC established their coronavirus management system, uh, the Democrats were still uh, criticizing President Trump for eliminating Qasem Soleimani. Uh, We saw that when they activated their emergency operations center, Elizabeth Warren was promising to sign a federal task force to investigate the Trump administration on on trumped-up charges. Sorry for the pun. We know the Democrats hate President Trump and want to defeat him. We understand that. That's what they view their job is. We know that many in the media are trying to make him look bad at every step. But that is not this. When we have our governor, and, and perhaps comforting, Bob, for us, maybe we shouldn't need it, but we have a Republican governor working with our Republican president, getting us good information. And I will also tell you, it's the beauty of this federal system. The president gave a clear message last night and the days leading up to last night. But we need to be working with our state officials and our local officials. And so where the line is, Bob, is where that clear guidance is from them. Right now, schools are still open. People should not feel uncomfortable at all uh, having their, their, their kids in school today. If that changes, as we heard Governor DeWine hint that that may be a decision they've got to address, then we need to assess that. And I know our school districts and private schools will do that. And the same all the way on down the line. So please keep getting out there. Patronize businesses. But practice that social distancing. Wash your hands. All the things that you would normally do during a flu, this is a lot like a flu, but it's a lot more serious than a flu currently. 
because if it spreads out of control, we would overwhelm our health system. So That's right. now I'm, I'm dangering on sounding like a public health official. I said before I'm not one. What I am telling people is you can depoliticize that every one of us can take personal responsibility and say, I'm going to make sure that I'm not spreading to any of my neighbors, anyone in my community. I'm going to be that good, responsible citizen uh, here in my local community. And I just ask everyone to do that. We're going to get through this just fine. Rob, do you, and this is not as a public health official or as a politician. This is just an observational question for you. Baseball is supposed to start in what, uh, 14 days, the 26th, I think, two weeks? Yep. Yeah. And, you know, the NBA just suspended the rest of their season, at least for now, they, until further notice. Uh, they're not going to play any games. Do you think baseball will start in Cleveland and everywhere else, given the fact that, like you said, social distancing? You've been to Progressive Field. You know how close the seats right. are. You know, you know <laughs> right. you're handing hot dogs down the line. You're handing money back to the vendor in the aisle and so on and so forth. You're walking past and over top of everybody else uh, and breathing on them when you are trying to go to the bathroom and they all have to stand up and get out of your way. But, it, it's a it's a it's a very close contact type of place to be at a ballpark. Do you think right. baseball will be right. played? So uh, I couldn't really guess on it, but let me give you a hypothetical. I would okay. rather see us maybe delay the start of the baseball season uh, and and do what Italy didn't do. And, and this is what officials in Washington, let alone Washington State, let alone uh, Italy, are saying to us: Ohio, you have time right now. You have time that we no longer have in Italy or in Washington. So you want to put in measures that are going to seem to people like they are overly drastic. They are not. And so let's say nationally, uh, we do go to the baseball season being postponed. And, it, you know, we have a late start to spring in that, in that sense. And, and, and I don't know that this would happen, but if the baseball season starts a month later, but we avoid the rampant spread, we don't overwhelm our health care system, we still have our economy back and humming and people aren't losing their jobs, we have a modest economic hit for a few weeks that we've got to deal with. That's a lot better than turning into what Italy has had to do. And now they have their, their Liga, their, their soccer league is, is not only canceled, but their entire country is shut down. We don't want to get there. Right now, today, we have the opportunity with what looks like it might be overly drastic. Well, okay, let's, let's listen to what the health officials are telling us. Uh, the guidance is good. The science is good. Uh, we want to avoid further contagion. We want to keep it under control. The numbers will tell you, with community spread right now in Ohio, uh, statistically, there's probably somewhere in the tens of thousands to maybe even nearing in on 100,000 people uh, who have the coronavirus. Uh, that's not to amplify hysteria. That's to actually reassure people it, the mortality rate is much less than, than what you see among reported cases and then those who've died from reported cases. The coronavirus is out there. Uh, what we can have is too many serious and critical cases in hospitals, taking up ventilators, swamping the ICUs, where the elderly and those others who are being so deeply effective can't get the health care they need. We have the greatest health care system in the world. Let's work with those health professionals to make sure we address this correctly. You know what? Since you brought up the greatest healthcare system in the world, real briefly here, and I'm not paid by the Cleveland Clinic to say anything, but if you didn't see the news, and you probably did, according to Cleveland Clinic, reporting multiple media sources, Cleveland Clinic has developed um, a, a Wuhan coronavirus test, a COVID-19 test that gives results in eight hours, as opposed to the two to three days it takes other tests. They developed this yeah. test in just nine days, working 24-7 yeah. once the CDC gave them the okay on March 2nd. So in nine days, it took them uh, to come up with a test that'll be uh, give you an answer as to whether or not you are 
uh, testing positive in just eight hours as opposed to two to three days' time. That's an amazing accomplishment. But that's fabulous news. And you know what? The scientists here in this country and all over the world, they're working, uh, they're working furiously at treatments for those who are ill and who are seriously ill, uh, at, at vaccination, uh, serum therapies. I read an article the other day about uh, 35 or 40 different measures of, uh, of those that are currently being developed. And I will tell you, 80% of those are being developed here. So, yes, Chinese scientists are working on this. European scientists are working on this. But you see the real bulk of the research being done at our great research institutions like the Cleveland Clinic right here at home. Exactly right. News. It really is. Rob Frost, chairman of the Republican Party of Cuyahoga County, making the announcement official today. There will not be a uh, uh, Lincoln Day dinner tonight that was going to be held. Uh, um, it will be rescheduled, right, for some point. And here, by the way, Robin, I know we're out of time here, but how far yeah. out do you want to look to do this? And I say that only because each of the colleges and universities that are sending their kids home and are going to do online instruction are coming back at different times. Some are saying at the beginning yeah. of April. Some are saying at the end of April. Some are saying, you know what, we may just finish the semester out by way of online learning and you're not coming back at all. So how far in advance do you try to project, okay, the coronavirus will be under control by X date, now we can schedule our dinner? Sure, yeah, it's hard to project. Uh, we're looking out a little farther than that, uh, but as soon as we think it would be reasonable. So we're looking at a June date, for example. Okay. Uh, what we what we believe is if all these measures work, uh, we may be able to have a, a little bit more of an all-clear system by, uh, let's say, late April. And then we have plenty of time to plan that event, as opposed to it's getting to late April and we try to push it in early May and yeah. we're still in doubt. So that's uh, that's what we're looking out at. That's sound uh, reason to push speaker, it. Our, our keynote speaker, J.D. Vance, and the others, including the MC Suites, uh, they've all been wonderful to work with. J.D. is uh, committed to coming back and being with us on our rescheduled date, and we look forward to all the guests and all your listeners being with us. And hopefully you, Bob, as well. Great stuff, Rob Frost. I appreciate right. that. Thank you so much for the information and for, of course, the invitation. We'll talk more as we uh, get a date scheduled there. Uh, thank you so much, Rob. Thank you, Bob. 9.52, we'll take our uh, time out here, come back in and squeeze a call or two in before the top of the hour, and Dr. Everett Piper, who will join us on AM 1420 The Okay, 9.56, let's get a couple of uh, quick calls in here before the top of the hour. And Dr. Everett Piper, Rob is in Lakewood, now on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Rob, go ahead, sir. Hello, Rob. Hello, oh, this is Ron. Oh, Ron, sorry, Ron, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, have you ever watched uh, Raymond Arroyo's World Over Live show on Thursday nights? I do not believe I have. Well, he's a Catholic commentator, mm -hmm. and I've always found him to be very level, balanced, and responsible. Okay. He had an individual on, and I apologize, but I forgot where, what organization he was with. But he has contacts in China, and he said that the Chinese protocols, safety protocols at Wuhan are very poor. It could have happened because of that. The other thing is that he was told that several employees, uh, technicians, in the Wuhan Viral Institute had been put in prison for taking animals that had been tested on and selling them in the meat market. Wow. 
Now, they do test on pangolins. You know the pangolin? That looks like an armadillo yeah. with the scales? Yes. Okay, that's a very, that's, they like that meat, and that's, that's a rarity, I guess. And it can be sold at a premium. So, um, the, it, when China said it might have come from pangolins, it could possibly have been the vector from the technician to the meat market. It very well could be, and and it could be, uh, and thank you so much, Ron, for the phone call. It could very well be that, and it could be accidental that you know something like this was being tested on animals, and then the wrong ones were sold, at, et cetera, et cetera. Or it could be, as I said, and, and, and look, I, and I'm not trying to be too harsh here, but I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for a human rights-denying, oppressive communist organization like China uh, that is now losing billions that they were making in um, uh, uh, the trade deals with the United States, they had an extraordinary uh, imbalance in terms of uh, uh, importing to exporting. They're making billions off of the United States. Donald Trump is reworking all of those trade deals. They don't like it. And it would not surprise me at all if we found out that this was not quite as accidental as perhaps it could have been. That the bio labs in Wuhan, China, that make bioweapons, biowarfare, um it could be just too much for coincidence to uh, to answer. It's possible. Patty is in uh, Olmstead Falls. Uh, Patty, you are on AM 1420, The Answer. Go right ahead. Uh, yes, I believe your, your guest was Rob Frost. Yes. From the County of Rose. Okay. He said, schools are safe for your kids, but don't go to large gatherings. But it's okay to go ahead and go to stores and restaurants. Like, I'm not understanding. This is all, it defies logic and common sense. Large gatherings of people sitting next to each other, like a sporting event, are bad. But places like restaurants and stores where people are moving around but still together is okay. My daughter's college is an average class size of 15. 15, one, five, 15. The school was basically told they needed to go to online classes, but the dorms, the library, the workout center, the cafeteria that holds 500 students are still open. Comparing this to experiences overseas, and saying that we need to do what foreign countries are doing makes no sense. I, I, I will say this, Patty, and, and I've got to interrupt not to be rude, but because it's 10 o'clock and I have to get to our guest. Thanks for the call. I'll say this in response. I get it. I do get what you're saying. I've had these conversations in my own home with my wife. I'm like, what makes this close quarters violating the personal uh, distance rule they're talking about? You know, the, the personal space zone or, or the, the, the dis, uh, social distancing uh, uh, recommendations? Uh, and, and why is a room of packed tightly with 20 or 30 people or uh, a restaurant that is filled with people at every table all just a few feet apart, why is that okay but the large auditorium setting is not? And I don't know the answer except to say that the doctors that I'm hearing from are almost universal. When you, if, you, if you're watching the coverage and the medical professionals that are talking about this, they're almost universal in saying that the really large gatherings make this so much more of a danger to be spread than smaller gatherings, even if you are in closer proximity to people. And they're literally saying that the, you know, the places where hundreds and hundreds of people get together, it's just too easy for one infected person to infect and transmit it to several dozens of other people than even if you are in close quarters with people, but there are fewer of you around. That's kind of the best I could do to understand it. And I think that's what Rob was saying, that, again, the CDC and the doctors who are experts in this, the virologists, they're all saying that it's about the large crowds. Um, we're not going to prevent people from getting this, 
But we want to prevent it from infecting large crowds at massive, you know, at the same time where massive numbers of uh, uh, medical, uh, uh, I don't say medical beds, because not everybody is hospitalized on this, but that the med- medical fil- facilities are overrun by massive cases of it at a time. And that's the biggest thing that they can do to slow it down. That's the best way I can explain it, Patty, but I do understand your question. I get it. I was asking the same things and still will. Right now it's 10 o'clock. Actually, it's a little late. Let's get to news and then... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.